Welcome to the Marketing That Generates podcast hosted by yours truly, Lauren Powell. For over a decade, I've partnered with business owners around the globe to create and implement their digital marketing strategy. Working together with their teams, we generate more leads, more customers, and more revenue. I'm here to make your business growth simpler by making online marketing simpler. Every week, I'll be interviewing other business owners about the strategies that are keeping their marketing relevant in the long term, so they're not hammered by monthly algorithm adjustments. So are you ready to generate more leads, better leads, and more sales-ready leads online while making the most of your oh-so-valuable time? Then this is the podcast for you. Are you tired of being promised the magic pill that's going to solve all your online marketing challenges? Well, this podcast does not promise quick overnight fixes, nor a one-size-fits-all marketing formula. Instead, it will empower you to think differently and more strategically about your marketing so that you get better results. So whether you're a business owner, solopreneur, or an aspiring entrepreneur, listen in and subscribe for zero fluff and actionable takeaways. And for bonus resources, go to marketingthatgenerates.com. In our current podcast series, I interview the owners of four very different email marketing businesses, and we dive deep into their marketing. Today's episode is the fourth and final of the series, and I interview Alonzo Perez based in Texas. Alonzo is a super impressive email marketer who started his career back in high school. Talk about motivation and entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, what a young age. So Alonzo's approach to making money through your email list is absolutely brilliant. And he shares some amazing golden nuggets in this episode that you can implement immediately. Alonzo helps personal brands and e-commerce businesses with their email. And he explains more about his services and how he grew the business in the last four years. Tune in and don't forget to visit the show notes for all the links that Alonso mentions in this episode. Alonso, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for so much for having me. Yeah. So you've built this incredible business helping personal brands make more money from their email list. Can you start by sharing why you think email marketing is such a powerful tool for personal brands? Yeah. So right now in this whole era of social media and when people are getting access to an audience so easily via, you know, TikTok or Instagram or any other type of, you know, social medium that they can grow an audience on, you really start noticing how all of these personal brands are not being able to monetize on the back end uh, for their business. Also, we get into some technicalities of, you know, different social media platforms banning their accounts or them being censored and not being what they want to <laughs> you know, can't say what they actually want to say on certain social media platforms because of being scared of what might happen to their account with account bans and everything like that. So we can really use email marketing to A, be able to draw people from one social platform to another and also be able to sell whatever product or service that personal brand plans to monetize with and be able to really reach out your true audience and be kind of omnipresent uh, both on social and also through email. That's amazing. So what I'm hearing is that you really see social media as a tool for building audience, getting in front of new people, building brand awareness. But if you want to monetize and if you want more freedom to share and say what you want, layering on email on top of that to move people through the customer journey is really where you think it's at. Exactly. I mean, that's why I'm not sure if you know the the stat, but they say email can drive about 
you know, $36 per dollar spent on, on it. Obviously, if you're making organic content on social media, you're not really putting money into your, uh, lead gen strategy. If that's all you're using, you're just putting in obviously your time and effort to create the content. But once you have somebody's email address, then you can reach out to them for as long as they say opt in onto your list. So then that allows you to build a relationship with them and be able to really sell them whatever you know, product or service that you have and let them know how it can help them or their business if you're doing B2B or B2C. Yeah, I love that. And I love that stat. And I don't know about you, but I always find that email tends to drive more sales at a cheaper cost and a higher conversion rate than any other channel that our clients are using. And so it's often the first place we go when it looks when we're looking at, okay, how do we increase revenue is, okay, what's happening with email marketing? If anything, what are the next steps? You know, the other thing you mentioned that I think is really important is this kind of over-reliance on social media where you don't necessarily always have control over your account and what happens to your account. So you mentioned people getting banned or accounts getting shut down. So maybe can you share a little bit more about what you think the risk is by being only reliant on social media as your monetization platform? Yeah. So we saw it a while back when you could post a lot of the of the things that were on your mind on Facebook. And then that kind of went away with a lot of other uh, censoring. Um, and then when you could also have a website and just create backlinks to it on Google and, you know, you'd essentially rank all the way at the top. So uh, once those algorithms change, you're a lot of people saw their businesses essentially go away if they were relying solely on SEO or only on Facebook. Right now, I believe on Facebook, the only platforms that you can really have more freedom on are Facebook groups. And even those, there's been talk of, you know, some more censorship going on in those too. But I think it's so important that you just, if you're posting on social media to utilize email marketing along with that, that way, if anything like that happens to you, which has happened to me before, you have kind of a safety net so you don't lose your whole business essentially. Cause if you only have one social media platform to drive traffic to, you know, whatever offer digital product or service that you're providing for your audience, then as soon as that channel is removed or banned, whatever, then your business no longer has a way to attract new clients. So <laughs> it kind of sucks if that happens to you. Yeah. It's a pretty precarious <laughs> position to be in and definitely no fun. So Okay, so two, two questions for you. One, could you define for our listeners, just so we're all on the same page, what what a personal brand is? And then I'll ask the second question after you do that. Yeah, so the personal brands that we typically help are the ones that are essentially businesses that rely heavily on one person's image to be able to sell whatever product or service. So if you look at some of the bigger influencers today, they might have some, you know, beauty products, some hydration drinks, whatever the product is behind them. Uh, that's who we consider personal brands. So whatever business that just has one singular person or a group of people on the face of it, but then actually have a business running on the, on the back end. That's how I define a personal brand. I love that. So for example, a very well-known <laughs> example would be like Kim Kardashian has a personal brand, but then she also has some businesses on the back end. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Great. So you help personal brands make more money using an email list. So can you tell us a little more about your services and your approach to email marketing and specifically how you recommend people move social followers to their email list? 
Yeah. So I stumbled on this uh, a few years ago when um, I was trying to get a start with um, all types of online side hustles and affiliate marketing and that kind of stuff. That's how I kind of started. But then I realized that I, I was pretty good at email from the start. And then I started realizing that all of these people on social media, a lot of them didn't have a way to move their audience to an email list. And the way that you can really do that is by, uh, and you hear this all the time, but by offering something for free or a very low price. And then that is by far, I think the easiest strategy or way to get people into your email list. Um, something that I've noticed um, also recently um, on platforms like TikTok or Reels, where attention spans aren't really as long, you can use kind of a quiz to make it more entertaining. So you do a quiz or maybe a calculator. A while ago, I was doing a personality quiz to drive people into my email list where I would ask them a few questions about you know their business and I would have ask questions for them to find out what type of like entrepreneur they are. And then at the end, I would just ask for an email address for them to receive the results. And then that worked really well for a while. And I think that a lot of personal brands or even people on social media can utilize this. A lot of them are already doing it, like Weight Watchers and you know, Sempered, if you've ever heard of them. But I think that if maybe you're selling a dating product or some type of skincare product, you can have a quiz just helping people figure out what type of skin they have or what type of, you know, personality style they have and then give them content around what they answered and then really just kind of customize whatever product or service um, you're selling to them specifically. And you do that collect information on them. And then you're also growing your email list in the process. I love that. And I think that's so smart. Quizzes, I think, feel more fun than sometimes the educational or value add freebies that are out there and feel a little more in line with the culture of TikTok and Reels, for example. So I think that's a really smart approach um, that's really congruent with the platform that someone's on. Right. Yeah. If you're running cold ads, obviously it, it would look a little bit different, but if somebody's already kind of familiar with you and has already watched some of your stuff, then they're a little bit warmer. So they're, I feel like more inclined to just take whatever quiz or, you know, value add freebie that you're, that you're giving away. Yeah. One of the um, brands that I've really enjoyed watching who recently, maybe in the past year has been on TikTok, but is Bobby Brown's new, uh, makeup company, Jones Road Beauty, they have a quiz. It's basically a shade matcher for their concealer. Okay. And they are killing it on TikTok. They <laughs> they are doing so well. And anyways, they said that it's been their best way to move followers into their email list as well. Right. I didn't know that yet, but um, from I've used them before. And obviously, once I started seeing results with them, it, if there was a brand or something that was already monetizing, I said, hey, maybe if you're not having the success you want, maybe you should try a quiz. And it's been working uh, really well for both me and them. <laughs> that's awesome. And presumably you come in and help them build a quiz because that's not a small amount of work. And so being able to rely on an expert like you to guide them every step of the way, I imagine is a huge relief for your clients. Exactly. And I won't offer that service specifically. I, I kind of um, just focus on the email strategy on the back end itself. However, for this specific client, uh, it was a little bit different. So I did help them set everything up like that. I think that the beauty with quizzes um, is that if you're familiar with the software that that you need to use, which there's a couple of them out there, anybody can really build a very good looking quiz and very effective as well. So. I love that. So let's say someone 
is thinking about hiring you, what do your services entail? What might they expect from working with you? Yeah, so we'll take on a lot of different projects. Actually, a while back, I was really curious as to how people were monetizing and how different people ran their businesses. So I was just taking on a lot of different types of work from anywhere from building quizzes for them to just building a, a freebie for them, which was a lot of work. I probably won't be doing that again. But essentially what I do is look for brands or businesses. We're doing e-com businesses now that are already making money on social media but could use you know, advice or a, an email strategy to just blow up their business essentially and make more money from, the, from their email lists. I won't take on projects that are not already kind of monetizing somehow because then you have other underlying problems like maybe the product isn't good enough or maybe the offer isn't good enough to which those things are not really what I like to do do or consult for other businesses. I just like to focus on the email stuff. So essentially we'll look for businesses that are already making money and uh, be able to help them with their email strategy. Some businesses already have it down, but you'll find that a lot of businesses don't actually know how to do email marketing the right way, or maybe they might be sending a couple of emails, but the money, as you know, is is in the follow-up. <laughs> and uh, we really like to show these businesses how they can make more money through their email list. But yeah, that's essentially how, how we work with them. That's great. And so are you typically coming in for only a one-time engagement or are you working with them on an ongoing basis to help them continue to monetize their email list? Every business that we work with is different. So some of them already might have like their opt-in and all the technical stuff that they need done already. They just need somebody to maybe email their list once a week or twice a week, which then will come in and then take over like their dashboard and we'll write the emails for them, send them for approval and then just schedule them to be sent out, you know, once, twice, three times a week, whatever frequency the client has, like it's been working for the client because most lists are different depending on what demographic you're, you're emailing and what the business type is like. Other times we will just do a full takeover of everything. So we'll set up all the technical stuff for them on their website. We'll integrate it all together and then we'll put together welcome sequences, consumption sequences, abandoned car sequences, and all of these different things for them. So each project is really different depending on where the business is at and what it, what we think it needs. Yeah. Either way, it sounds very robust and like you can handle everything from A to Z should a client be a right fit for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't really, um, we kind of go over everything on the discovery calls and see where they're at. So every every client is, is different. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that someone needs to have an offer that's been monetized already, but is there any other minimum requirements like a certain list size or if someone's listening to this podcast and thinking, I have a personal brand, I have an offer that's converting, Am I ready to hire Alonso? Is there anything else they should consider before reaching out to you? Right. So we've held businesses that have zero email subscribers, but have an offer that's already converting uh, just through social media. Uh, and then we, we've we really taken those projects on and really helped them make almost twice as much um, like on a month over month basis. However, I don't, like I said, really like taking on projects or I don't think we are ready to take on projects to where a specific offer isn't converting because, you know, that you, as you know, there's so many things that could, uh, that could be wrong. 
like it could be how you're making content or how you're attracting new clients or your messaging throughout your sales funnel. It could really be a lot of different things, uh, also technical things. Maybe you just don't have your next step uh, set up the right way in, in your funnel builder. It, it just could be just so many things that we, I've tried to do it before, but at that, at that point, you're essentially building a business for them, <laughs> which, yeah. um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort on our side. So we really just like to focus for our, you know, sake on businesses that are already generating some type of revenue. Um, mainly also because businesses that are not, uh, yet profitable, uh, probably won't be able to, to afford, um, a service like that, uh, where you just take on everything. But really, even if you don't have an email list, but you do have an offer that's converting and you do have a, a little bit of an audience, you can still contact us and help for us to help you out. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have thousands and thousands of followers or a you know, huge email list for us to be able to come in and help you. That's amazing. So Alonso, why did you start this business? You hinted a little bit that you started in the affiliate game, but maybe you could share a little bit more about your journey. Yeah. So like I said, I started out just trying to do all these, all these side hustles and just very early on, uh, probably I was still in high school when all, I was trying all these different things. But when I was doing my affiliate stuff, I got really discouraged at the beginning because I saw that my emails, like my first email would get maybe 70% open rates, right? And then the second would only get 50. And this is when I didn't know anything about email marketing. So I said, wow, this really sucks. Only half of the people <laughs> that I send emails to are opening my emails. And then towards like the fifth and seventh email, there was, you know, significant drop off to where I would just have like, you know, maybe 20%. And then I just kind of left that alone because, you know, I said, I must suck at this. I can't, I can't keep doing this. If only this percentage of people are opening my emails. And then, you know, as I started to learn more stuff, I realized that, wow, those are actually really great open rates. So I must have been doing something right. And I realized that I was just really good at getting people to open emails. And then I started through my own education and trial and error with my own list. I started getting better at the copywriting aspect of it. So first I started out getting really good open rates, but no clicks. And then I started to practice. How can I get people to click on these emails? I started to get better at copywriting started to get better open rates. And then it just kind of took off from there uh, through networking and local businesses that I was just offering my services to. And then it just kind of took off from there. And here we are four years later. <laughs> That's a really incredible story. First of all, one that you started in high school with a side hustle. I right. mean, <laughs> that takes some drive <laughs> and motivation that uh, not everyone has the foresight or insight to do that. So I think that's really impressive. And then two, I love your story of, oh, 70% is not, right. <laughs> not a great open rate because in hindsight, it's really stellar. So it's funny what a perspective shift can do for you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't just for anybody listening. It wasn't only one side hustle that, you know, made me fall into what I do now is, you know, a, a chain reaction of events and a lot of different failed businesses until I found something that I was good at. So if you're someone listening and you're, you know, somebody trying to make money on social media or trying to find whatever you're good at, I say, just keep going until you find it because it's taken a long time and a lot of um, failed side hustles for me to find mine. And I feel like that's the same for a lot of people. And the sad reality is that just a lot of people quit too early. Hmm. That's really good advice. And I think, um, 
maybe sometimes we expect to be successful <laughs> before we put in enough dues or enough training, like you yes. mentioned, mm-hmm. learning copywriting and um, investing in your education. And there's just typically quite a long road to mastering something. So um, it's not often that a business succeeds right out of the gate. Exactly. Yeah, uh, not at all. Uh, with the copywriting stuff, just to put it into perspective, I spent, so I did 30 days the beginning i would open up there's different websites where you can find like decent emails but where you i'd open up just an email and i hand copy it for like 30 minutes every day and that went on for like 30 days and then i said oh wow this is really helping me out and you hear about you know different copywriters doing this with maybe ads or sales letters or whatnot and i said well because i want to get better at the email stuff i should only really copy email and uh that I think was what helped me out the most, but a lot of people just aren't willing to put in, you know, even at least 30 days. I did it for longer than that, probably around 120 days, but a lot of people aren't even willing to, you know, putting a little bit of work to get better at something. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there, but I think copywriting is one of those skills that serves you for the rest of your life. If you can use your words to get people to take action on something, opening, clicking, purchasing, that will, that will take you really far beyond just your own business success. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, a funny thing that happened while I was doing all of that stuff, I started realizing that that copywriting was not only just affecting my business and my writing and all of my emails, but I was also using it in my day-to-day life. So Mm. if maybe I was sending a longer text, I would just kind of split it up maybe into little shorter sentences or try to make it as easy as read as possible. And I think that's just one of those things that, you know, translates to most areas in your life where you can communicate with people more effectively after you take some of those principles into your daily life. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you started the business just by networking and getting in front of new local businesses, but obviously the audience has evolved a little bit to e-commerce and personal brands. What did that transition look like for you and the business? Yeah. So essentially I'm, I have a background in sales. So before, while I was doing all these side hustles, I was also working in sales. So I was definitely way more comfortable getting in front of somebody face-to-face. So getting in front of a business owner or just people that I knew and asking them if, you know, I could take care of their email email marketing for them. But as you mentioned, you can't really do that at scale because you can only really talk to one person at at one time. So with social media... We do a lot of cold email, like outreach. And also when we don't have success with that, depending on the, on the brand or who, who runs it, we also jump, um, into Instagram DMs a lot. So we kind of leverage, you know, the audiences that, that we have to kind of build a little bit of authority, I guess, in our field. And I feel like that has helped out a lot. And also we get some people coming in through social media, like, Instagram and and TikTok as well. So we kind of do a lot as far as um, getting new clients now. But before it was just talking to people one-on-one and people that we knew. Now it's more cold email, cold DM, and then just whoever we get from social media. Wow. Talk about a superstar like set of skills, sales and copywriting, like that is a match made in heaven. And so many people, I think, uh, especially when they're just starting out, can feel really uncomfortable talking to people about their services, about how they can help them. So I imagine that fast tracked a lot for you, at least in terms of securing new business. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think that one of the things that helped me out the most is just realizing during sales that they, if a customer or a potential customer or a client was saying no, they weren't necessarily saying no to me as a person. So I didn't take it personally. They were just saying no to maybe the service or maybe it wasn't, you know, an underlying objection or sometimes maybe just a question that they had or a concern. So as long as, you know, really like the basics of sales and what goes on psychologically inside of a person's head or why people don't buy, then I feel like that's one of those secret ninja tricks that you can also take in your copywriting because you, then you can address all of those objections and <laughs> questions in your copy. That way you kind of avoid some of those, um, you know, going forward. 1000%. And to me, I see what you're doing on social media as an extension of your one-on-one approach to sales just in a more sustainable, leveraged way. Because if you can speak in person to someone and move them into your service, then doing, you know, recording videos and doing that on social media is a natural next step for that. Right. Yeah. So you kind of have to find a way of trying to sell to, not necessarily sell, but try to service more people. How can you stretch yourself without stretching yourself? You know, like how can you reach more people without stretching yourself too thin? And you can't just go around talking to just one person at a time. It's just not scalable. So yeah, uh, social media was definitely the next step to that. Yeah. And you're doing some great, uh, at least in my opinion, great videos on TikTok. So I think um, if you're listening, definitely make sure to check um, Alonso's link in the show notes and take a look at what he's doing on there. They're really incredible videos that make you want to watch more that make you want to learn more and then make you want to take the next step with you. I appreciate that. They've, they've come a long way since the beginning. And I think that just comes full circle to the point of we're not always successful the first (laughs) time we do something (laughs) and don't quit before, you know, don't quit too soon. As you said earlier, I also love your outbound, like your cold outreach approach. I think it's super smart. Most businesses need some sort of email marketing help. And if you've done any sort of research on them, it's really easy to pinpoint where the gaps are. Not easy, but you can find out where the gaps are because you just sign up for their emails and try and see what's happening back there. So I think that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you can come up with a unique way or strategy to be able to help them out based on maybe how their website looks or if they're collecting emails on their website or not. Or just, like you said, opting into their list and then seeing what type of emails that you get. And then uh, as long as you're providing value to them or you show them that, you know, it's not just a templated email that you send out to everybody, but you actually took five minutes to take a look at their unique situation, then that's how you really have success with the outbound stuff. I love that. And again, it's a more leveraged approach to your one-on-one sales than you used to do in the beginning. Exactly, for sure. I also think the... Email plus DMs and social media is smart too because it's really easy sometimes for um, emails to get lost in the inbox or maybe it's a catch-all like info at and you're not getting in front of the right person. So I think that multi-platform approach is really smart. Yeah. And, you know, we use a couple of tools to kind of narrow that margin of error as much as we can. So trying to get in front of that decision maker. But what has been working, I would say, maybe a little bit better, but it really just depends, I guess, on the season. I don't know why um, we haven't really measured it. Why? But sometimes DMs will work better in stretches than email will. But I think what has what is really a game changer is that when you find the decision maker, like whether it's online or through one of these 
uh, tools online, you can get into the DMs on Instagram. And what's really unique about Instagram is that you can leave a voice memo instead of rather than it just being text, or you can even record like a 15 to 30 second clip of you uh, saying whatever you would say in that email. And then it just makes it seem way more uh, personable. And you're actually talking to a real live human being and not just, you know, text. So smart. If you're listening, I hope you paused and (laughs) rewound this episode (laughs) to listen to that again, because it's really smart. It's again, a a scalable way of getting your face in front of people um, without ever having to leave your home (laughs) or your office. So I think that's really brilliant. Thank you for sharing that all. So yeah, no problem. So how do you then qualify kind of the leads that's um, come your way, whether you're they're coming your way through social media or you're reaching out to them through outbound are you hopping on a call? I think you said a discovery call is kind of the next step. Yeah. So I really like that question. Uh, all of the calls that come in right now are going through me. So that takes a lot of time. So that qualification process, we really take that serious because I don't want to uh, get on a call that maybe it's just somebody that, you know, maybe they heard about me or, you know, what we do, but don't actually have any type of, you know, business or brand or whatnot already. So, I mean, that's why I kind of put the videos out because I can't just, you know, I don't have the bandwidth to just get on calls with everybody. (laughs) So we really try to narrow down who I get on calls with uh, beforehand. That way we can only get calls that are really maybe going to turn into something else. So to answer your question, the people that come through social media, if through social media or my website, they're either going through like a quiz, like we mentioned before, where they answer, you know, do you have a business? How big is your email list? And those type of questions. And that's uh, some of the indicators that we use to figure out if we want to work with them or if we can work with them or not. We also take like what industry they're in and that kind of stuff just to get us as much information as we can before beforehand. Now that depending on how they answer those questions, they'll go into a different, you know, list that we can sort through. If they go through just like social media, we really watch their behavior um, through our email list and our website, like within that week that they opt in. So we have like a little survey built into the emails saying, are you a content creator, business owner? Uh, what, you know, what do you do? And then throughout the, the, uh, at the end of the week, we really narrow down uh, through tagging and all of these uh, different tools, who is going to be qualified enough to work with us. And then at that point, we'll just put those people in a list and uh, send send them the follow-up emails to get on a call or to schedule a call. Yeah. So that's a really great use of personalization and segmentation to really determine who's the right fit and who you should move to some sort of sales sequence, which is also presumably what you do for your clients. Exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, we try to make the most out of it because not everybody that opts in, uh, especially through you know, like TikTok and Instagram, you find a lot of people are just wanting to, to like see what you do or just wanting to get more information from you if they're just starting out. Or uh, since I've shared my story a couple of times before, I do have a lot of people just starting out uh, with their e-commerce businesses or like uh, affiliate marketing that just want to get more help on how email marketing works. And so they're not going to be specifically people that I work with one-on-one, but Uh, We also put them in a list where uh, we educate them on email marketing as well. I do have a a program for people that want to learn it. Uh, And then so they'll go into that rather than going into like the one-on-one calls and stuff like that. Okay. So you just answered my next question. This is so brilliant, which is basically not everyone is ready to work with you right away. So 
how do you handle them? How do you stay in front of them? And what I'm hearing is two ways. One, you provide free education through your email list, but you also provide a paid opportunity for them to work with you through a program where presumably the investment looks much different and you also are providing a different kind of guidance, meaning it's not done for you, but maybe um, consulting or even some videos that people are watching that allow them to become more ready for your one-on-one service in a way that you can still help them, but is more scalable and doesn't require as much of you and your team. Exactly. So yeah, it's rather than it being um, a done for you type of service, it's kind of a done with you as much as as it could be. So there are videos, you know, tutorials, I kind of give everything that I use to write my own emails and come up with like a roadmap of how your strategy should look like, depending on what type of product you're selling, or if you're the face of your business, or you just have a product based um, business. So we kind of go through through a lot of that stuff. Um, and like you said, there's a bunch of value uh, through the email list itself too that is completely free that you don't, even if you never bought any of my stuff, you would still be able to get a lot of little insights about you know copywriting, social media, or email marketing in general, or just like entrepreneurial m- mindset just by being on the email list. I love that. So there's a couple things about that I'd love to ask you. So you know, notably, sometimes I hear when people are fully booked out with their services, they're afraid to package what they do in a done with you program because they're afraid it'll cannibalize their services. Have you found that to be the case? Maybe so. <laughs> um, I I don't really haven't really thought about it that way. My mindset is always how can I reach the most amount of people and how can I help, you know, how can I service um, as many people as I can? And if I'm not with you one on one, maybe I can be with you like virtually or maybe through already recorded lessons. Um, I think that a lot of businesses and a lot of personal brands have content that is not serving them in any way. For example, like a lot of the freebies that I uh, give out are maybe my best performing emails that I've already sent that would do nothing for me just sitting on my computer. I call it just collecting digital dust inside of my computer (laughs) files. Those emails would do nothing for me, right? But if I repackage those and maybe give them to somebody who's just starting out with email marketing that has no idea what a good email is supposed to look like, they would might want to pick those up for free uh, if they want to get started. And I'm completely fine with letting them you know, see those emails for free just to learn. But there's a lot of content and this could be applied to a lot of different people across many different uh, niches and markets. You probably already have content that would be so useful to somebody who's just starting out that you could give away for free without any work really on your end. I always give this example of when I first started doing uh, sponsorships on, on my TikTok and through social media. I wanted to get kind of a ballpark of how much I should charge from somebody or I was really researching, you know, how the deal structure works or what if these brands want to get on the phone with me, what should I say, all these different things. But if you've, you know, if you're like a TikTok growth coach or a social media growth coach, you already got this stuff, you know, you already got the email threads uh, of you doing some type of negotiating, negotiating, you know, with these brands. So why not just screenshot that um, and you know, show people what that process was like. Uh, you already have the content. You just have to repackage it, make it look attractive enough for somebody to want to want to actually get it. Okay, another like pause and re-listen to that again because it takes work creating some 
content and why not give it ongoing life rather than letting it die after the first time you use it. So exactly, either yeah. package it in a paid program and or uh, a free a freebie that can be used to grow your list. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so big on how can you stretch like each each thing that you do into having as much impact as possible, right? Which is why you know we're sitting here doing this podcast and I'm recording it on the side <laughs> so I can actually have something, you know, to, to put on like TikTok or something like that. Just since I'm already sitting here, you know, um, talking about things that I'm passionate about, why not just share those with, you know, with people on social media and whatnot. So I think that's kind of like the approach I, I take to everything. I love that, especially for someone who's feeling a little bit like they're on a content treadmill and, <laughs> and don't know how to get off and they're running a race that they can never end. It's a really great way to say, okay, every piece of content serves me in many different ways and many different platforms and can be chopped up, repurposed, et cetera. And I just love that you're recording this episode and going to use it a different way. Yeah, it's it's it, it kind of gives you a, a little break from creating content too. So if let's say you maybe didn't have time or skipped out on a recording session, then you already have like these longer form types of content that you can just chop up into little clips. And I mean, you've already sort of recorded those, so you don't have to actually sit there and record, you know, 50 pieces of content. It, it kind of gives you a, a, a day or two of a break um, if you don't have anything else to post. So that's how I use these. I love that. And let me ask you a question I know our audience is super interested in because they ask about it a lot, but what has your experience been like moving to a new platform like TikTok have you found it to be fruitful and did it take you a while to figure out the platform? Yeah, I feel like nobody has really figured. I mean, a handful of people really have figured out the platform, but because it's changing all of the time, the algorithm changes all of the time, uh, you can't really have a set strategy except for just post consistently like that is what will make your audience grow on there what that's what's been helping me just staying consistent and then posting frequently other than that i mean people will tell you about trending sounds and all this kind of stuff but you just kind of have to be on the platform and i think that's the best way to just get a pulse on what's working and what's not working I know I could be better at doing that myself with different platforms like Pinterest and that kind of stuff. I don't really um, go on Pinterest at all. I just kind of repurpose all my stuff on there. So I could be probably getting a little bit better results on that platform, but I just uh, I don't find myself being on Pinterest all that much. Yeah, I think it's important to pick and choose your platforms because it's hard to be everywhere and do it well without quite a sizable team or that's the only thing you're doing and presumably it's not the only, <laughs> only right. thing you're doing in the yeah. business but I was really surprised because I was looking for email marketers on TikTok and there's not a lot of people doing what you're doing on there in your industry right which is why I got on there uh, um, you know in the in the first place so whenever I started looking at like different tools and stuff like that and people that would teach this stuff like do like uh, content creators or influencers or that would do it for them whenever I, you'd go on youtube to look up youtube videos on it there's really not a lot of people you know teaching you how to do it or showing you how they did they did it so i'm usually more of an introvert and would rather not be on camera if i didn't have to but the opportunity just seemed too great because there was kind of a shortage of content, but a surplus of, of need of attention for that actual type of content. So 
that is essentially why I started making videos on here. And like we talked about earlier, my videos at the beginning were not really good at all, but that's okay. Nobody was watching me back then anyway. So as, as you, as you post more, you'll get better at it. And if you see a, a good opportunity on social media and nobody's posting about it, I say, why not? Why not it be you? I love that. Plus like, let's talk about a match made in heaven, personal brands <laughs> and e-commerce brands are on TikTok. So for you to be one of the only people talking about what you're talking about on there, where your audience is already hanging out and spending time, I just think is so masterful. Yeah, it, it really works out. And um, the only thing I wish TikTok would do is had a DM feature, kind of like what I Instagram know. does. It would make <laughs> things so much easier because if you try to DM a brand or somebody on TikTok, they're most likely not going to see it if they're not if you're not friends with each other. So it's just a little annoying, but I'm I'm sure they'll catch on. <laughs> I'm sure they will too. I mean, they serve your content to new people. So you would think they'd serve your messages to new people at some point. Right. Um, <laughs> I think we'll see when that happens. Well, Alonzo, I super appreciate you sharing all this amazing information about what you do, how you help personal brands and e-commerce brands make more money using their email list. And if you had to give one piece of advice to another business owner who's working on their marketing and growing their business, what might that be? Yeah, so I think we, or I, at least you touched on it um, earlier, but that is choosing one uh, vertical. So whether it's, if you're wanting to be on social media and just dominate social media, just choose one vertical of doing so. So whether that's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, choose the one thing that you like, the one platform that you like being on, and then just focus on that before branching out or before delegating that task to somebody else. And also... Try to just focus on the things that are going to move the needle the most. So in my podcast, I, my intro is just like, um, where we focus on doing the highest leverage things to get you better results with your email marketing. So in this case, you know, that would just be learning how to get good enough at subject lines and copywriting to where you can start sending emails for different people. It might be something else. You know, if you're trying to make it on social media, you might not really focus on getting a fancy camera with a really fancy lens and lighting and all of these different microphones. Your, your thing that is going to move the, the needle the most is just posting, just re take your phone and just record, right? So whatever you're trying to do, find the highest leverage thing that you can do. And then, or the thing that's going to drive the most results for you and your business and do that before focusing on all the little things. Brilliant. Thank you, Alonso, so much for your time and expertise today. Where can our listeners go to learn more about your business and your services? Yeah. So LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, they're all at it's Alonso Perez, no spaces. And I also have a podcast called the new street smarts podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts or YouTube. And yeah, all of those links are in the show notes. Thank you again. Yeah. I really appreciate you having me on. Heck yeah. You just finished another episode of the marketing that generates podcast. I hope you found a few takeaways that you can put into action right away. If you want more on today's episode, head over to marketingthatgenerates.com for show notes, links, bonus resources, and related episodes. Plus, if you're looking to connect with other amazing business owners just like you, be sure to join our free monthly marketing chats. You can get all the details at marketingthatgenerates.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you back here for the next episode.